This is the Lost Start of Communication, hosted by Molly and Trisha. Before we begin today's episode, I just want to say that we know communication is tough. We hope you've been able to incorporate the tips and strategies we discuss into your daily life. If you feel like you're still struggling or would like individual guidance, I offer one-on-one online coaching sessions for all things speech, voice, and communication. This can include public speaking lessons, which are an incredible tool to mitigate social anxiety and increase overall confidence levels, speaking voice enhancement if you don't love the sound of your voice on tape, accent modification to speak clearly and be heard the first time, and social skills training, which covers a lot of the things that we talk about on the show, but of course would be tailored to your individual needs and goals. On the show, we talk a lot about the content of what you're going to say. With my private coaching clients, I also focus on the delivery, how you say the thing you say, how your tone of voice can affect the way that you're coming across and the way your message is delivered. If you're at all interested in these services, please check out my website, georgiaspeechcoaching.com and schedule a free phone consultation to discuss your needs and goals. I would love to work with you. Now back to the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Today's episode is going to focus on how to communicate with people who have views other than your own. This might happen in the form of a debate, or it could just be a casual conversation that you're having with friends and some subject comes up that leaves one or both of you emotionally charged or you're very passionate about the topic, but you may not see eye to eye with them. There are productive ways to speak with other people who have different views from your own without getting defensive, without attacking one another, and without damaging the friendship. I personally think it's very important that we have friends who do have different views than us. We learn a lot from other people who don't think exactly the same way we do. But if we don't know how to express our opinions and listen to other people's opinions without getting upset or without upsetting other people, we'll be very limited in the types of people that we can connect with and we risk hurting other people, which of course we never want to do. That brings up such a good point. I feel like in my life right now, I am surrounded by a lot of people that have very similar views to me. So when I do find somebody with a different view, I My instinct is to say, nope, you're wrong. But lately, I've been working really hard to do all the things we're going to talk about in this episode and talk to those people with different views than me because it is so fruitful to hear what other people have to say. Other people have so many different experiences. We talked about this in the last episode, but I'll say it again. When you listen to other people, you learn so much. Yeah, what's interesting, too, is... Molly, you and I have pretty different views on certain things, yet it's never Mm. affected our friendship. And we know sometimes there are certain things you just aren't going to talk about with certain people. And that is fine. You don't have to talk about everything. But it also really strengthens our friendship that we can. Like, I feel totally comfortable talking about my faith and my religious views, even though I know Molly doesn't come from that same background, doesn't share those same beliefs. But we feel our best when we can talk about things that we may not necessarily agree on. I remember, Molly, when you visited 
me and Savannah, we ended up getting into a randomly really deep discussion about stuff that I don't think either of us were anticipating. And at the end, you said, thank you for making me feel so not judged. I forget how you said it, but you said so free or something like that. And I felt the same way. So even though we were offering different perspectives on things, we both... I guess, inadvertently made sure not to judge one another because we value each other's friendship so much. Yeah, and even though you have different views from me and I have different views from you, we can still have this really fruitful friendship and we can still respect one another. I don't think any less of you because you have different religious views than me. And hopefully you don't think any less of me because I have different, I can't think of it, but like other different views than me. So... I think there's a potential to have still a really strong friendship, even though we don't agree on everything. Yeah. And as we mentioned, it enriches your life. And I enjoy talking to Molly about things because she offers a different perspective than the way I would perceive things. So first step, if you know that you are going to be talking about a subject with someone who maybe you know that they have different views from you, or it comes up and you didn't, you weren't anticipating this conversation, you want to try to have as open of a mindset as possible. This is a little harder if you're suddenly caught off guard, but I encourage everyone listening to take a moment and pause and breathe and reset your mindset if you are thrust into that situation. If you know that conversation might come up, make sure you're going into the discussion with an open mindset, meaning you're not going in with the objective to change the other person's mind. You're going in with the goal to learn about why they think the way they do, how they think, and have a productive dialogue about your opinions. One thing you also want to keep in mind is try to notice resistance you might be feeling to that conflicting opinion. So if you go into a conversation expecting to hate everything that the other person is going to say, that's going to cloud your judgment. That's going to cloud your ability to actively listen to what they're saying and to really perceive what they're saying and perspective take. But if you go in with this initial resistance of, oh, I hate that, that's wrong. Like Molly said, that phrase, that's wrong. You go in with that resistance, you're really blocking yourself from taking in any new information and you're probably not going to deliver your side as effectively as you could. I have a story to share about this that I totally forgot about until just now. But so as you guys probably made a smart guess about earlier in the episode, I'm not very religious. And I somehow find myself connecting with a lot of religious people. One of the people obviously is Trisha, but another person is someone I met a while back. And One time we were talking about our views and life. We always got into really deep discussions. And she was talking a lot about her views in marriage. And the way she described it, it said she was talking a lot in Christianese. I don't know if that's something that is a common term, but that's how she described it. She was talking a lot from the view of being Christian. So if I had shut down right there and said, oh, well, I'm not Christian. I'm not religious. I don't believe what she believes. I'm not going to listen anymore. I'm going to get on the defensive to combat her Christian views, which to be honest, I started doing at first. (laughs) But once the conversation started getting more in depth, I really started listening to the actual words she was saying. 
And it turned out at the end of the conversation, I told her, that's so funny. At first, I was really defensive on everything you said. But once I started listening, I actually agree with everything you're saying. You're just putting a different view on it through, quote unquote, Christianese. In my view, it's just through something different. But we're saying the same thing. So if I had blocked off listening to her thoughts prior to the conversation, I wouldn't have realized how connected we truly were. Mm-hmm. And it's so important because you would have missed that opportunity to bond with that person and to realize, wow, we're actually not as different as we might think we are based on labels. Actually, we have a lot of the same morals and the same principles. And so that's huge. I remember, too, talking with you, Molly, one time about feminism. And you have, I don't know if you still do, but you had this strong feeling about the word feminine being equated with weak weakness and I have always been more of the like I like being feminine I don't see anything wrong with that and so it was interesting feeling your resistance I felt the resistance to the word feminine it's like no let's use another word like that just sounds weak to me and we had more productive discussions and I don't know if that's still how you feel but if you're going into the conversation with deeply ingrained feelings like that, which is very likely. We all have emotions around our opinions and we're conditioned to think and feel a certain way. So you need to check in with yourself. And if you're sensing that resistance, which you might feel in your body, you might feel yourself getting tense at hearing a certain word, or you might notice you're getting stressed, or you might start having these really defensive thoughts. That's a way that you can check in with yourself and say, oh, I'm feeling a lot of resistance. Let me stop and ask myself, why do I have this resistance? I do remember that conversation. And the reason I probably was so strongly opposed to it, because I wasn't listening to what you had said. And again, once we had the conversation, it turned out we were on pretty similar pages. And, you know, you're doing a course coming up like on femininity and I was interested in it because it appealed to me because we had that discussion where I was able to listen to your views and then check in on my views and just reflect a little bit. If I had not reflected, if I had had all those walls up, um, continuing talking about that with you, we would never have gotten to, I would have never have gotten to change my opinion and learn. But it also, it took it was on me too. And so it's, it's a two way street in all these conversations. But once I realized that you associated the word feminine with weakness, then we could delve into that and go deeper and have a more productive discussion. If we had the whole conversation and I had no idea why you were feeling resistance or why you were getting defensive, we probably wouldn't have gotten anywhere. So it's really important, one, that we check in with ourselves. If we start to notice resistance in ourselves to a conversation, we start we want to avoid conversation. That's usually a sign of resistance to a certain topic. But also try to notice in your conversation partner, figure out what is triggering them. If it's a certain word, usually you can get to the bottom of why that word is such a trigger. Maybe there is something rooted in childhood. Maybe they just associate that word with something in a different way than you do. And maybe they have a negative view of that and you have a positive view or vice versa. So figure out what is triggering that person. And that way you can actually ensure that you're having a fruitful discussion and you're not going to offend someone or have your idea be misconstrued. Because if we had the whole conversation with Molly interpreting feminine femininity as weakness, the conversation would have been 
one, like, totally different in my head than it would have been in her head, we wouldn't have even been having the same discussion. Yes. And something else to go off of before you even go into another conversation is don't assume that everyone's going to agree with you. So, Trisha, if you had assumed that I had the same thoughts as you on femininity, there would have been a huge wall between our discussion and a lot less understanding of one another. Yeah, it's so important. Definitely don't assume other people are on the same page as you and be aware of your audience. I remember, so I lived in New York for four years before moving to Savannah, Georgia, as you might imagine, the climate and the culture are very different in a big city like New York compared to a smaller town in the south, Savannah, Georgia. And there were certain things that I could make jokes about or say freely in New York, knowing that the person I was talking with likely would agree with me, likely would share my view Versus in Savannah, there were other things, or there were, if I were to make that same joke, I would realize, oh, I'm actually offending someone right now, and vice versa. There are things that I never talked about in New York compared to in Savannah. And so you need to be aware of your audience. This is not to say change your views, but it's important that you are respectful of who's around you. So be aware of who's around you so that you don't inadvertently offend someone and that you can learn from them and have a productive discussion. If you assume everyone agrees with you, one, you might offend them. And two, you're going to be missing out on a lot of great information because that other person may or may not speak up, but they may or may not explain why they never talk to you again. And you don't realize you actually really hurt them or rub them the wrong way. Yeah, and then even before going into a conversation with somebody that maybe you know has different views than you, or maybe you don't, you can't anticipate that just yet. Something that's helped me a lot is just assuming that people are good people. Mm -hmm. It's really easy to see someone that you don't know who has a different view than you and assume that they aren't a good person and they have that view because they don't respect humanity or they want everybody dead. And it's not that if you go into it, assuming the person has good intentions and it's a good person, you'll uncloud your brain to what they're saying and try and look for the good in what their views are. And that's really helped me. I think when I talk to my friends, I know I'm not the person's friend if they're not a good person. So I know that where they're coming from might be different than mine, but they're coming from a good place in their own respect. I love that. So basically (laughs) what you're saying, it's so important. We want to remove to the best of our ability, any preconceived notions that we have on someone based on their background or based on their gender or based on their race. We all make these preconceived notions, whether we like to admit it or not. And so we need to, at the end of the day, look at, people as people. And remember, this is another human standing before me. They have reasons for thinking and feeling everything that they think and feel. Whether or not I agree with those doesn't matter. It What matters is that they're a person with valid opinions. And if you want to have a fruitful discussion with them, you need to see them as a human, not as, oh, that's just a Republican, or that's just a Democrat, or that's just a Jewish person, or just a Christian. You know, it doesn't matter. You want to look at them as a human and understand 
you don't have to see eye to eye on everything for them that to make them a person worth your conversation. Which I think is something really scary happening right now because a lot of things are done over the internet. So it's, that's naturally a dehumanizing platform to discuss on, but that's a whole nother discussion we could delve into. But yes, think of the person you're having a discussion with as a human. Good. Exactly. So we want all of these things going into the conversation, take perspective, have a solid mindset, be open-minded, go in with the goal of trying to learn more as opposed to trying to convince someone why you are right, because that almost never works. So now let's talk about when you're in the throes of the conversation, what do you do? That's when I think it's the hardest part. (laughs) You can do all this work pre-conversation, then once you're in it, all of these emotions get come up. And I like the way Trisha described it earlier, you become emotionally charged. So it's really important to listen to these tips and try and remember it in the conversation. (laughs) Yeah. And so the first thing when you're actually having the discussion, stop and breathe and of course, check in with yourself. But one thing that's going to be helpful is, of course, actively listen. And beyond actively listen, Molly, do you want to talk about reflective listening? Yeah, something I've been trying to do a lot more recently because I do feel like I've had a lot more conversations where they turn into deep, fruitful, meaningful, emotion-filled conversations. I found myself having to do a lot of something I have found as helpful as reflective listening, which means when you're in a conversation with someone, you have to be actively listening and then you can reflect on what the person is saying. So what you want to do is take what the person said and then recast it back to them to make sure that you're getting the point correct. So for example, say I'm talking to Trisha and she's explaining, you know, me and her don't have the same religious views. Maybe she's explaining something about um, a belief that she has. I might recast it back to her and say, so what I'm hearing is that you really find that X, Y, and Z is important to you. That way, you have to be listening fully to understand their message. You're not recasting back something that they didn't say. So I wouldn't say something to Trisha like, so what I'm hearing is that you hate Jewish people. (laughs) I wouldn't say that because I'm 100% sure Trisha wouldn't say that. (laughs) I'm not making assumptions. And you're really being able to empathize with how that person is viewing something, right? You're not applying emotions to them. You're just rephrasing something that they said so you're better able to understand. And whenever I've done this in conversations, all it does is let the other person you know, feel more comfortable in the space that we're in. And it allows them to talk more and deeper about what they're feeling. And a lot of times we get into really good conversations about it. I feel like by doing that, you're really letting the other person put their defenses down because they don't feel like, okay, I have to protect all my things. It's like, oh, wow, I'm being heard and they feel understood. And you are understanding them. Even if you don't agree with them, you can still show understanding of where they're coming from. So what, what, you made a good point. When you're recasting what they said, be very careful not to twist it and to make your own interpretation of what they said. Really repeat back using the words and phrases that they use to say, what I'm hearing is this. And if you're wrong, let's say you did add some interpretation to it based on 
how you're viewing this with your own lens, which is normal and natural, but then you give them the opportunity to correct it and say, no, 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 what I meant was this. And that way you can see if you're misinterpreting anything that they had to say. And what I especially love about doing that is it forces you to perspective take. By saying out loud their opinion, you really get to feel and embody that opinion and it helps us connect on such a much deeper level with that other person. Good. And so then after you recast, then you can also ask them questions, more questions about their views instead of immediately jumping in with your opinion and trying to attack them or just give your reasons why they're wrong. Ask questions until you really, truly, and fully understand where they're coming from. Something that I that I got reminded of prior to this episode was I read somewhere that asking what and how questions are better than asking why questions because sometimes why questions can come off as accusatory why do you think that? Why do you hate this? Why la di da di da Asking a what or how question like, what made you come to this belief? What can you do to, um, that's different, I guess, that's in problem-solving conversations, but, you know, um, how do you think the world could be better? Things like that are less accusatory than why. And it's also more productive because, Yes, you want to know why the person's feeling the way they're feeling, but you can come to that conclusion by asking productive questions of, okay, great, what do you think a solution to this would be? Or what do you think is causing this rift or whatever the question may be? But as opposed to saying why, which people don't always know why they are believe things certain way. If you say, well, because I grew up this way, then the other person's going to be like, well, that's not a valid reason, blah, blah, blah. So instead you, (laughs) and, and, and asking these questions too, now that I'm thinking about it, it really forces the other person to think through their opinion. So they will be more likely to change their opinion if they think, if they come to that conclusion on their own, it is almost never effective to just tell someone, nope, believe this instead. So if you really (laughs) want people to get be critically thinking and analyzing about their own beliefs and opinions, ask questions that will make them really critically analyze their opinions and challenge their beliefs, not in a, in a, an attacking way, but in a way that says, Hey, I want to make sure that you're really thinking this through for your own sake. And I want to understand where you're coming from. And then if there are holes in their logic, Asking them questions and putting them in a position where they have to explain themselves will let them see the holes in their logic. And you probably have holes in your logic too. So we're all, no one's perfect at this. And so we all need to stop and ask ourselves these questions. But it can also be really helpful to hear the questions asked by someone else. Maybe they're thinking of things in a different way than you are. They likely are. Mm-hmm. Everyone has different brains and everyone grew up with different life experiences. So it's really important to figure out what the person's thinking pattern is. Yeah. And it's refreshing too. Sometimes Molly will ask me a question. It's like, oh, I've never thought about it that way because I've never been offered <laughs> yeah. that perspective. And it really forces me to think through like, why is that? And so it's it's strengthening your own ability to analyze your beliefs. So then when you do give your own point of view, so say you've spent a lot of time recasting and understanding the other person's opinion, and now it's your turn to share, make sure you're 
being as objective and logical as possible. And that doesn't mean not discussing your feelings or emotions, but you can talk about your emotions in an objective way. You can say, when this happened, it made me feel this way that's different from that was so wrong and like being emotionally charged in the moment without giving logical reasoning to why you to to your responses yeah and keeping that objectivity and also not assigning your feelings to everybody else right so not saying all women feel this way or all republicans or all democrats feel this way you can only objectively report on something that is subjective in yourself, right? You can only report objectively on your own feelings because you're the only one who's experienced them and you're the only one who can say it truthfully. So yes, it's important to involve feelings and things like that in discussions, but make sure you're only talking about yourself because that's the only objective way to do it. Yeah, and one really important thing to note, be aware if the person you're talking to has an emotionally charged response to the thing that you're talking about. So for someone, I think I've mentioned this example on other episodes, but for me, the pandemic has been a very emotional experience because I know a lot of people that have been affected. I know someone that passed away and my, I was talking to a friend who is very much just looking at the numbers and the stats and to her, it was just a matter of statistics. And to me, it was a matter of lives and people that I knew. So we were coming at it from very different places. So she needed to recognize, oh, this isn't just numbers for Trisha. This is faces. And I needed to recognize, no, she's not being mean. She just doesn't have the same personal connection to it as I do at the moment. doesn't mean either of us is right or wrong. It just means if someone does have an emotional connection to a topic, make sure that you're discussing it with them with awareness to how they're feeling. And also, if someone is really emotionally charged about something, it's probably not the best time to debate the topic because they're going to be clouded by the emotions and maybe it's not worth the debate. And discussing it will be better off once both people are calm and in a more logical and objective place. But you, we all know talking to someone who's very upset about something is usually not productive because we can't think logically when our fight or flight, emotional stress response is triggered. So recognize that in other people and make sure you're setting up the conversation to be in a healthy place. And if you're in an environment where someone already is emotionally charged, it's okay to pause and say, hey, let's stop, take a break, think about this calmly, both let ourselves relax and then come back to this at a time when we're both calm and neutral. Totally. And then that brings it right back to prepping before you go into a conversation. So let's talk about takeaways. My takeaway this week, this is something I've been working on, so it's going to naturally be a takeaway that I'm going to do on my own, is try to practice reflective listening in one conversation this week. It doesn't even have to be a conversation where you have differing views from somebody, but practice recasting something that somebody said in your own words to make sure you're understanding their point of view or their experience. That's an amazing takeaway. I'm going to say next time you are either talking to someone with a different view from you or even just reading an article, 
pay attention to the way that you physically react to what you're reading or what they're saying and try to pick up on any resistance you may have. And if you do have resistance to certain words or certain ideas or certain phrases, really stop and ask yourself, why are these feelings coming up for me? Why am I getting so tense? Why is my heart beating faster when I just think about this thing? Write it out, journal it, talk it out, whatever you need to do. But once you really figure out where your resistance is coming from, then it's so much easier to really process your opinion and to talk about it with other people in a more objective, not emotionally charged state. I am going to do that one, actually. I love it. <laughs> I'm going to reflectively listen, too. Very cool. If you did enjoy today's episode, please feel free to share with a friend and hopefully you can have a more fruitful, productive conversation with them too. Thanks so much. Oh, yes, I like that. All right, guys, as always, you can find us on Instagram, on Facebook, Lost Art of Communication. Um, you can email us with any thoughts you have, lostartofcommunication at gmail.com. Please leave us a review and rate us on iTunes or whatever other listening platform you have um, because that really helps us and we love hearing feedback to make our episodes better for you. So have a good rest of your day. Go, you know, reflectively listen and read some articles and we'll talk to you then.